Richard Risvet with American Ag Network here. I was just at FarmFest in Morgan, Minnesota, and I caught up with Kent Beadle, who is the producer brokerage director with CHS Hedging. And he spoke that morning about some market disruptors that are going on in the world at this time. Well, there's there are a number of disruptors that are having impacts on either supply or demand or perceptions of what that might be in the future. Um, Certainly we have one today that's kind of come out of the blue this weekend as House Rep Pelosi wants to um, uh, visit Taiwan. Um, We don't know for sure if if she has visited, but we seem to be getting confirmations that she's going to. Market doesn't like that very well because it opens us up for possible retaliation from the Chinese, which could involve um, shifting away from the U.S. for some of their soybean and or corn needs. Um, you know, the world balance sheets for both are fairly tight right now. Um, I think that we may ultimately see that this passes and it becomes a bit of a diplomatic blow up for, the t- for a time being, but ultimately um, China's food security needs are probably pretty paramount amongst the Chinese leadership. And we may be the only game in town when it comes to shipping them, uh, you know, the amount of corn and soybeans that they need. Some other things that we talked about today, um, you know, inflation has been a market disruptor. Uh, It's, you know, born of all of the issues from COVID, uh, you know, removing uh, individuals from the labor force, um, prompting a lot of early baby boomer retirement. Uh, those types of things have pushed up uh, a cost of labor, uh, not just for um, not just for industry, but for for American agriculture. I'll rely on on help, um, you know, employees, and uh, the cost of employees are just getting more expensive because they can go elsewhere and do other things and get paid more money. And so a question on folks' mind is, you know, how is COVID affecting maybe some of China's supply needs from our commodities, beans especially, and energy? I'm not sure that that their demand ultimately is going to decrease dramatically. Um, Their economy is not responding very well to the the economic shutdowns that that have been hallmark of of, uh, uh, Premier Xi's efforts in trying to fight COVID, the the COVID zero policy, I don't think is working for their economy very well. However, I think the impact on their economy may be um, more about land prices, housing values, uh, other economic factors that may be less related to agriculture. Because as I said earlier, um, a happy and well-fed populace is very important to uh, to the Chinese Communist Party. And the other day we got news that the first ship of Ukrainian grain is leaving the Black Sea region. And the question then is, how is that going to affect things going forward? Well, um, we don't think that this is a particularly large deal, not as large as the marketplace has tried to make it. Um, We think that there are a lot of issues that are going to have to be dealt with in order to have a more large-scale program out of uh, those three ports. There are a lot of problems. Number one, obviously, is uh, the, the mines that are in the water. And uh, they have to navigate through that minefield. Um, 
it's certainly possible to do it. You know, you're talking about some pretty large geographies. However, you make a mistake and you have a very large problem. Um, that leads to questions around whether or not you can get captains and crew to staff those ships uh, to exit uh, you know, those ports. And of course there's some other costs involved too. Uh, insurance uh, to insure those, those ships is going to be extraordinarily expensive. Uh, given the risk of, of uh, Russian shelling, which of course they've agreed not to do, but you know, do you trust that? Um, and then um, you know, also the risks of, of running over a mine. Um, and so, you know, getting the crews, buying insurance, uh, you know, all of these things to me are likely going to uh, increase the cost dramatically to get ships out of. Uh, those ports. Once ships do leave those ports, now there's room to bring ships in. Okay, if you're a ship owner, are you going to take that risk essentially twice to bring the ship in, pay the insurance, bring the, take the ship back out again? The UN wants world shippers to do this, but again, uh, I think the the amount of risk. Uh, maybe more than some ship owners would be willing to take on. So will they be able to get the freight to execute this program? That's another major question. Uh, I see more questions than answers, frankly, and I think that we're going to be underwhelmed when it comes to the amount of grain that ultimately is going to leave Ukraine under this program. So is there anything else that is disrupting the markets at the moment? The other thing that we talked about is a disruptor is, is some of the uh, governmental push uh, in dealing with climate and, and that, uh, that dovetails into renewables, uh, specifically renewable diesel, which is providing an enormous amount of demand for soybean oil. Uh, has elevated soybean oil prices to levels that are, you know, nearly double normal prices that we had seen here through much of the 2010s. And as a result, uh, this has pushed up crush margins significantly. It's increasing um, the incentive uh, to increase crush, to modernize crush plants, to expand crush plants, and to build new crush plants. Um, and there's another side to this. We're going to take this additional soybean oil that we create, and then obviously we're going to refine it into biodiesel. And we need a separate plant, essentially a biodiesel refinery, um, renewable diesel refinery, to to um, to create this uh, this renewable fuel. And again, this is being driven by climate and and low carbon initiatives. But it's providing a lot of support for agriculture in the, in, the, in the form of higher soybean and soybean oil prices. That was Kent Beadle, the producer brokerage director at CHS Hedging. For the American Ag Network, I'm Richard Ristvedt.